Are you an introvert working and living in a world that seems to value extroverts more? Would you like to learn how to navigate your life and nursing career and see your introversion as a superpower? Well, let's talk about it with my guest, Sarah Santacroce, who's with us all the way from Geneva, Switzerland, right here on episode 206 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful, as always, that you're listening, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the airwaves for months or years. Thanks for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and very inspired direction. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 206. Can you believe it? 206. Anyway, my guest today is my good friend, Sarah Santa Croce, who is here with us from Switzerland. She's a LinkedIn specialist and a mentor of of many, many people for many, many purposes. We're going to talk about so many different subjects. Sarah, thank you for being here with us. It's a great pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) So Sarah, you're an introvert, right? Yeah. Wow. You go right into it. (laughs) You're like, yep. Yep. You're an introvert. And I'm what I call an ambivert. I kind of Mm -hmm. toggle back and forth based on circumstances and how I feel. For people out in the professional world who are introverts, what are the greatest challenges for people when they're trying to be successful professionals and they're on the introverted side? Hmm. I think there's so many challenges, and yet I want to start with a positive note saying that I think it's gotten actually much easier to be an introvert in today's day and age. Ever since uh, Susan Cain's book came out, Quiet, you know, it's, it's more talked about, and maybe there's a little bit more understanding about what introversion means. Um, so, so that's the positive note. And then, and then, yes, of course, there's, there's challenges, especially, especially, I guess, if you're in, in a corporate situation or, you know, working in a hospital uh, where there's all these expectations of how you are supposed to show up. And let's face it, especially in the United States, the expectation is kind of like you're outgoing, you're cheerful mm-hmm. and, you know, you're, and that, and that's the, that's the picture of an extrovert, right. where the picture of an introvert is more reserved and quiet. And yeah, it's the, it's the opposite, right? And so I think that is definitely challenging in, in professional situations uh, where maybe you don't always speak up because you're just kind of quietly reflecting on things and then it's perceived the wrong way. They think, you know you're not smart enough or you you don't lead or where actually you're just reflecting and if nobody asks you're you're not going to share your opinion but if you're asked 
often, you know, you're probably the smartest in the room. You just don't share it um, <laughs> as, as often as extroverts. Maybe. I bet you're often the smartest person in the room, Sarah. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but you get my point. <laughs> I do get your point. So, you know, for let's say our listener out there who is tuning in right now and she's a nurse and she works on a busy unit in a fairly large hospital and she has to interact with medical residents and fellows and nurses and physical therapists and families and patients and food service people. I mean, it's outrageous the number of people and conversations and contact that let's say a nurse on a unit like that encounters every day. Mm -hmm. And for an introverted nurse and someone listening might be this person right now, that must be, I can only imagine how hard that can be for someone who's really introverted, but they want to be really good at their job. So mm -hmm. one of the things you teach people, and I know you have a new branch of your business you're bringing out, right? Is to help fellow introverts market their business with authenticity and without anxiety and to sell their services or be a professional out in the world and make a difference, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you also have a podcast, which I've listened to many times. It's the Introvert Biz Growth Podcast. And this is really about entrepreneurship, but there's a lot in there about introverts too. And I'm wondering, when you encounter people out there who are introverts and they feel labeled, you know, because we often associate extroversion with success, right? Someone who becomes president or a prime minister or a movie star or something like that. And people often see people who are introverted as living a small life. So for those people out there who are introverts, but want to live a big life, like they really want to be present in life. What are some of the secrets to doing that, making that happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, actually, it's a misconception <laughs> that the only extroverts are uh, successful. Um, I'm sure you know that, but you, you know, you you mentioned presidents. Well, Obama, for example, he's declared himself publicly that he's an introvert, hmm. and so are other, you know, big names like Bill Gates and Zuckerberg and and uh, Warren Buffett, for example. So these are all introverts who, you know, if you look at their life and in, in the traditional definition of success, well, they are definitely successful. So, so it's not true at all that only extroverts are successful. I think what sometimes is super challenging for introverts is this struggle between both, right? This, they, they're hugely ambitious and they want to live a big life. And yet they prefer the quiet. So yet they prefer the, you know, the backstage and not the front stage. So, so to find a balance where you can be a quiet leader, I think that is what is really challenging for, for introverts. And, and a lot of them succeed, but usually it's because they have a partner in crime or they have <laughs> a team or, you know, that, that they have this other person that will take over the more extroverted roles. But even if I think of Obama, he, he you know, he was great on stage. Mm -hmm. But I think after 
that happens to a lot of introverts. Well, they, they're actually good on stage. So we don't necessarily all fear to be on stage, but once we step off the stage, then it's like, oh, let me just go back to my room and you know, exactly. be quiet exactly. rather than, than mingle with everybody. So, right. so yeah, I, I think it's a misconception, of course, but I also think that it is probably one of the biggest struggles of introverts because they're they're big thinkers, right? They they conceptualize everything in their head because we're often living in our head. And so a lot of introverts are visionaries, but hmm. then that usually comes with the the weight of expectations from society because it's like, well, you're a visionary, well then, you know, you have to go out and speak and you have to, you know, do all these but like for example, Susan Cain, who wrote this book, Quiet, I'm sure she never expected that she's gonna be this big celebrity and now has to fly around and do speeches everywhere. So it's a struggle between wanting big things and then getting there. And then it's like, well, did I really sign up for right. this? Or did what I have just I want done? To, yeah, to, I wanted to just write a book and right. quietly in my uh, in my office. Right. Yeah. Like next month, I'm going to speak in front of probably three or 400 nurses at a nurse leadership oh, wow. conference in um, Atlanta, Georgia. And I used to be and used to call myself an introvert, but... I like I said earlier, I now call myself an ambivert, a term someone taught me recently, because my understanding of introverts and extroverts is that introverts get their energy from solitude and recharging their batteries. And extroverts, to a large extent, this is what I understand, and I know it's a generalization, get their energy and their charge from people, like from interacting right. with other people. Is that fairly accurate? Yeah, that that's exactly it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like when mm -hmm. I go to a conference, I'm very comfortable on stage, actually. And mm -hmm. I'm actually comfortable mingling unless there's something going on for me emotionally that makes me quite internal. And my wife, Mary could attest that sometimes we go to parties and I'm really talkative and hanging out with people. And other times I'm kind of sitting in the corner and mm -hmm. it all depends where I'm at. And I try not to judge myself for it. And I'm looking at Susan Cain's book right now. It's C-A-I-N, Susan Cain. It's called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. I'm going to have to download that to my Kindle. So thanks for telling me about it. And that's true. People love to talk, whether it's online, on social media, or like me, kind of gabbing on and on right now. Um, we, we all like, well, many of us like to talk and I've often referred to this notion of we have two ears and one mouth so that we listen twice as much as we speak, but right. maybe extroverts sometimes feel like they have two mouths in one ear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's true that on my podcast, I always ask um, my guests who are all introverts what they think their superpower is. And so many, many times the, you know, the superpower of active listening uh, comes up. So yeah, it's definitely mm. something that we're very good at. Um, my husband, Tony, he actually, he agrees with the listening part, but he's like, yeah, but speak sometimes too. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> Say Anything. something. So, uh, yeah, I guess it, it has always two sides. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you said like 10 minutes ago about how sometimes an introvert has an extrovert 
around them who kind of uh, helps them navigate the world, right? Yeah. And maybe sometimes translates the world for them or translates them to the world. And I'm thinking of of spouses, actually. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking of people I know where one partner is super extroverted and the other is pretty darn introverted. And mm-hmm. that can be a nice balance, actually, if they can come to terms with their differences, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like a lot of things in a partnership. It's it's just understanding the differences and then and then finding the balance, like you said. Right. My husband is actually introverted as well, but then there's all these different types of introverts like Myers-Briggs, the personality mm-hmm. types, there's the different letters. And so he actually really enjoys you know, talking at parties and things like that, where, where me, not so much. So it also depends what type you are in terms of um, the Myers-Briggs personality types. That's a really good point, right? I, I actually really like Myers-Briggs. It's, you know, none of these tests are the be all and end all, but they do give us information and information True. is helpful. And yeah. even though they're generalizations, they're often very applicable. I, you know, I, I think if I retook I used to be an INTJ in Myers-Briggs, and I think if I retook Mm. it now, I might be more of an extrovert. I'm not sure, but it would be interesting to take it. And Yeah, take it again. Yeah, and you just mentioned partnerships, like we were talking about spouses. So if we extrapolate that, if if we expand that out to, let's say, a nurse manager or supervisor in an agency or on a unit doesn't really matter the the milieu. So let's take a nurse supervisor who's introverted and he's actually quite heart-centered and you work with heart-centered entrepreneurs and you help them kind of find their gentle way of being in the world, right? So for a nurse leader or even an executive, a nurse executive who is an introvert how can they embrace a gentle style of leadership and being in that type of position of authority and still be effective and still make themselves heard? How do they go about that? What's some strategies that can be in- incorporated? I think it all has to do with already being aware of you know your personality type and actually be confident and, and feel good with that. Because if you keep comparing yourself to others and think I'm not as authoritative and you know I need to show more power then you're probably going to lead the wrong way however if you know your personality type your values and and really just deeply know who you are then I think you will show up with confidence and even though it's a quiet confidence people can always tell that there's something that just kind of you know, they're attracted to that kind of quiet energy. And it all has to do with being, I don't know if you've read Brene Brown's recent book, Dare to Lead. It's a really good uh, book that I've I would recommend. some of it, some of it, mm-hmm. but not the whole thing. I'm going to put Susan Cain's book and the Brene Brown book in the show notes. So yeah. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Yeah, exactly. Because she really talks about this courage to be vulnerable. And so if you think of a quiet leader, well, showing up with vulnerability and just, I think for an introvert, it's almost easier to to show up like that because there's 
there's less, I don't know what it is. It's, it's just like, it's less of this, these expectations, I think that um, mm -hmm. people have from you. And so if you have, if you show up with this courage, people will immediately respond to that and just kind of be attracted to that energy. I see. Okay. So if introverts do really have superpowers in terms of their ability, let's say to be empathic, but I'm sure extroverts are empathic too. Of course, I'm not casting aspersions on, on extroverts. They're great people too, and do good work in the world. But for an introvert who is gentle, who's heart centered, who's quiet, who's reserved, what are some of the other superpowers that they can bring forward, especially let's say in a, mm, let's say a somewhat conflictual workplace or stressful workplace where there's a lot happening and a lot of personalities and complex webs of relationships and in teams, for instance, you know, mm -hmm. you have like the internal team struggles and relationships, then you have the relationships between the teams. So if you have one of these nurse leaders out there, how can they actually manage themselves outside of say their little team where they're known more and let's say going into a bigger milieu, what do they have to do in order to maintain their sense of self and be authentic, but still be present in, in a very large type of organization? Mm -hmm. So let me just make sure that I got the question. So you're saying which kind of superpowers do they rely on in order to lead their teams? I'm looking actually beyond the team to, mm -hmm. let's say, in a very large organization, like say a nurse who works in, let's see, Johns Hopkins, which is a huge medical center with thousands of employees. So is there something else that leader, that nurse has to bring forward in order to function well and be successful in that big organization beyond their their small team, let's say on the unit where they're stationed? Mm -hmm. Well, what came to mind is the is the big picture thinking that introverts are really good at, where the extroverts are really good at acting and, you know, putting into action, right? Right. Uh, so just kind of if they get this space because they need to be able to, you know, actually have the space and have the creativity. That's another thing that introverts are really good at. They're very creative. And if they get the space to kind of go deep and come up with a big picture plan, let's say to, you know, innovate or restructure or, or, or something kind of bigger than them then I think that's where introverts are thriving, where the extrovert is really good at then putting into place. Oh, right? I see. So the introvert can be, we could say, is the thinker, the planner, mm -hmm. the the strategic person behind the scenes, Usually. possibly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. someone who's introverted who wants to lead, but doesn't really like getting up and speaking in front of the the 47 people on the team might want to find a position where maybe they don't have to do that very much and they can lead from lead from behind right exactly yeah or again find that partner in crime and just <laughs> say you know one of the team members and usually the extroverts maybe you know they're a grade lower or 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 something like that they actually 
really appreciate that. They're like, wow, he's letting me, you know, do the speaking. Oh, I uh, see. And the other person does the, yeah, comes up with the presentation maybe, but then someone else does the speaking. So I see. So the introvert kind of gives the gift of being out front to the extrovert. And it's exactly. Like, you take it. Here's the mic. Yeah, I'm I don't gone. want it. Here. I'll be in the office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to make some coffee. <laughs> right. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. So if we switch gears from a leader to an employee and well, let's say there's a listener out there who's a leader and she knows that there are two people on her team who are very introverted. Like when there's team meetings, these two people never say anything. (laughs) And even if she knows they have concerns, they don't bring them up in the group because they're afraid to speak. And Mm -hmm. a lot of introverts can just feel that they just can't find their voice to be able to speak in a large group. So if that person's the leader and looking at these employees thinking, wow, these are good employees, they're great nurses, but I need them to communicate. What can she do to draw them out or does she need to change the way she approaches them so that they can communicate with her or with anyone? Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of asking um, because introverts, they tend to think, well, you know, my opinion doesn't matter as much or or why would I speak up? It's not as important. Um, and so just asking, hey, you know, Keith, what do you think about this? And then when they're, you know, actually getting the attention, if they feel safe in the environment, then then they'll usually what happens is they'll because they listen to everyone else. They'll just come up with this like one liner that summarizes the whole one hour meeting, right? And everybody goes, <laughs> oh, okay. Right. So, so just ask them. Um, that, that's, I guess, the, the first advice. Or if you see that they're really just uncomfortable, and that's not introversion. That's usually also something else like just social anxiety or, or that's, that's not typical to introversion to not 
want to speak, right? We, let's not generalize. But if they just don't feel like speaking in the group, then it's probably good to have a private conversation mm. uh, with them. That was where I was wondering you were if you were going to go. So if I'm a leader and I know that these two nurses just, they're not going to speak up in a meeting, even though I know they have awesome ideas. So maybe the way I can give a gift to them is to say, hey, can we meet in my office just one-on-one -on -one and talk about what happened in the meeting? And mm -hmm. maybe that would draw them out, give them the space to speak in a, in a situation that's more comfortable. Is that appropriate? Yeah, I wouldn't say what happened in the meeting. I would just say <laughs> I'd love to hear your opinion. But right. probably what the challenges with that is that we're always short on time, right? And that's, yeah, it depends on, on the structure, depends on the hospital. But unfortunately, there's probably never enough time to have a private conversation with everyone. But ideally, for an introvert, yes, that feels much safer to to do that one-on-one -on -one. sure. can even be just in the elevator, you know, or at the, the coffee. It doesn't have to be like this official meeting, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe casual might work mm -hmm. better for some introverted people because they don't feel on the spot. Yes. Yeah. They don't yeah. feel like they're up against a wall and they have to, now they have to deliver <laughs> because exactly. you've cornered them in your office and you're ready for them to speak. So, yeah. so there's all sorts of introverts, right? There's some who actually do like speaking and do like small groups. Maybe they don't like large groups, for instance, or there's probably all sorts of permutations of how it shows up. And I'm curious, you know, the 21st century workplace, we were just talking about Susan Cain's book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. So in a world that can't stop talking, in this modern 21st century workplace where communication and information is sort of everything now, do we need a revolution where gentleness is seen as a sign of strength? And if we do need a revolution like that, how do we actually make it happen? Hmm. <laughs> Big I question. don't know how do we make it happen. I'm starting my own revolution because I, I definitely think we do need a revolution. So mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm calling it the gentle business revolution because that's where I, I act and that's where I have a you know, tiny chance of having an impact with entrepreneurs who also feel that the business world just keeps on getting more or less kind, I would say, less kind. And, mm. and and yeah, people just use the excuse, you know, it's just business or it's not right. personal. It's not personal. It's business. I'm going to yeah. stab you in the back, but it's not <laughs> personal. <Right>. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I definitely think there, there needs to be a paradigm shift and, and I can do that with entrepreneurs and I think the time is right. And I see that there's definitely an interest for that. I really hope we get to the same conclusion in the corporate world, in the political world, yes. um, you know, kind of everywhere. Uh, but I see it with my husband who's in the corporate world and it's just, it, it's got to stop. Like there's, we're just, I guess we're, we're just about at the tip of the iceberg because 
like it cannot continue eventually we're just gonna drown and and it's not gonna yeah it's not gonna continue like that but the Mm -hmm. question is when and who's gonna start that revolution i know i can't so well i (laughs) think you are (laughs) i think you are actually because small level well small level but then you throw a rock in water and it rimples out right so Mm. you have the introvert biz growth podcast and you help people who are business people be authentic and not experience so much anxiety in the world. And you have some amazing conversations with these people. And at the same time, you also work, you know, you're internationally recognized as a LinkedIn specialist and a, what you call an online presence mentor. And you've coached almost 2000 entrepreneurs, some of them introverts, some of them not. So there's all sorts of ways to move in the world. And between your work on the Introvert Biz Growth podcast, and now you're starting this whole gentle business revolution, right? That's the title? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you are doing it. And if you impact one person, Sarah, like one person who's an introvert learns how to be more effective in the world, say that person is our listener who is a nurse leader, and she actually impacts other introverts or non-introverts who are in her family or her community or her workplace, that's going to ripple out, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. That's why I'm doing this work. Yes, definitely. That's your superpower, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I, I see one of your superpowers, I think, is your ability to, as an introvert, do such incredible work in the world and touch so many people. I mean, you've coached almost 2000 people, right? So Mm -hmm. there's something to what you're able to accomplish in the world and do it in what I see as an extremely gentle and authentic way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny because my, my dad was a political leader. He was always involved in politics when I grew up and he was definitely like much more introverted than me. Mm. But I saw this power that a gentle power, you know, he was in, in the social politics and, and somehow it took me all these years to realize that I'm not actually betraying him being now on the business side because he was always representing the workers, right? Ah, so yes. basically the entrepreneurs, the business owners, that was the enemy or that was like <laughs> the the people who were abusing the workers. And so it took me all these years to to make peace with that and realize, well, I have my own role to play here and I you know, still I'm my, my dad's daughter and I have the same kind of rebel (laughs) genes in me. (laughs) And that's, I guess, why this gentle business revolution was born. Yeah. Right. And maybe you'll impact someone who starts a gentle political revolution. Who knows? Oh yeah. That, that would just be wonderful. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, here in the United States, I know you live in Switzerland in beautiful Geneva, right? So here in the U S we had an election in, you know, not very long ago in 2018. And we have all these, especially women of color coming into Congress, for instance, it's very historical and they're bringing a very different presence to the United States government and how the how that particular branch functions, the legislative branch of our, our three-part government. And 
that in a, in and of itself, not that they're necessarily introverts, some of them might be, but the fact that they're bringing a more gentle, what I see reasoned opinions and way of being in the world to that mm -hmm. particular setting, I think that can be very powerful anywhere. Yeah. Right. No, like I'm, I'm telling you, I see signs everywhere mm -hmm. that the time is right. And people keep thinking, oh, this is the end. And, you know, it's just everything is horrible. But in history, it always had to be like that. It always had to go to this extreme situation in order to, you know, go back to something different. Because otherwise, why change if it's if it's fine. So. Right. It's, <laughs> right. It, it's kind of like that metaphor of it's like everybody's talking in capital letters and the introverts want to talk in small case letters. <laughs> I just oh, thought I of that, that metaphor. You yeah. can use it, no charge. Um, <laughs> okay, good. But you know, it's kind of like an all caps world and yes. it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And I think those of us who don't want to live and speak and be in the world in all caps, then we can create a world where we're speaking in lowercase letters is okay and speaking in a quiet voice. You know, was it Teddy Roosevelt said, speak quietly and carry a big stick? I think it was something like that. And I think it was Teddy Roosevelt. So he knew how to not necessarily be loud, but he actually carried a stick behind his back metaphorically. So that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so you introverts out there, you know, <laughs> carry a stick. Maybe it'll get you somewhere. Um, <laughs> now, Sarah, I know you have your husband, um, Tony, right? He's from California, correct? No, he's from Canada. Canada, right. And, oh, you all used to live in California and you have three boys. Yes. And um, how old are your boys now? I have two boys. I don't know about the third one yet. Oh. <laughs> There's two, two and two, they're okay. 12 and 15. Okay. In your, um, somehow in this bio I have, it says you have three boys. Maybe that includes your husband. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's, yes. He's the other boy. He's the other boy. Yes. Now our, you know, the boys, they never grow up. That's true. <laughs> Peter Pan boys, right? So yeah. are your two boys introverted or are they extroverted? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. So my oldest, eldest is definitely introverted mm -hmm. Simon he's he's very much my dad really <laughs> it's like every time <laughs> I look at him like oh my god there's my dad right. and so he's also more like me and then Diego the smaller one he's I'd say he's an ambivert he uh -huh. likes he likes the company but he also just likes to cull up in his bed with a book so, right yeah yeah ambiverts yeah. unite <laughs> yes yeah I love ambiverts because um, we can we can be chameleons, you know, and that's yeah. that can be kind of fun, right? And and I actually think that most introverts have, you know, this ability to be a, an ambivert. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that I can. It's not where I'm most comfortable, but I can definitely be very social. Yeah, and because I'm, not, I'm an INFJ, so I have the feeling part in me that uh, makes me connect very easily to people. So I'm not shy at all. So, so yeah, I definitely feel like an ambivert sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put a link actually to Myers-Briggs to an article about it or something mm-hmm. online so mm-hmm. people can look up what INFJ means or, you know, right. w- whatever we happen to be. Or you can also take the test online and, and get that. And of course, it's it's a generalization, but it can be a really helpful way to look at yourself. And yeah. it's a good way to look inside. And, you know, I mentioned fun a few minutes ago. And what do you and your three boys, um, <laughs> what do y'all do for fun in, <laughs> in Switzerland and beyond? Right. Well, as no, I, I, I won't say as typical introverts, but I, <laughs> I do think as introverts, we're not like big on you know, group sports. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my both my boys never got into soccer where you know, most boys, even at least here in in Europe, they're much into soccer. And they're like, no, 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 that's just not good. Mm -hmm. So the uh, Simon, he does martial arts. So that's a a one person sport, right? Mm -hmm. And then Diego, he's more into music. So he, he does drumming. And Tony and I, we enjoy, Tony does martial arts too. And I, I like yoga. I do Tai Chi once a week. Mm. And yeah, so, so like very, you know, kind of lonely, not lonely because that, that means <laughs> that kind of has a sad connotation, yeah. but, but solo. sports, solo sports. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Solitary, not lonely. Solitary. Right. And yeah. I know you all love to travel. You have a home in Sicily that you go to periodically. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. I've seen pictures and I hope we can stay there someday. And, um, you know, I know you like yoga, you all like nature, and there's incredible nature in Switzerland. So there's no shortage of places where you can go and be alone out in beautiful, beautiful locations. Yes. Yeah. So that must be lovely. Yeah, it's true that the traveling, it's funny that we met traveling. So I was <laughs> traveling in Spain and, and Tony came from Canada to do the backpacking that, you know, most Canadians do when they're out of college. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we met and we kept in touch. And then two years later, he moved to Switzerland. Uh-huh. And of course, before the kids, we still traveled a lot because we, we both really enjoyed that. Sure. Now a bit less, but um, still, yeah, it's one of our... And just yesterday, actually, we had this conversation about traveling. It's it's great for introverts because you get to socialize, you know, with people from the country, but you don't really feel like you have to attach uh, like there's no like long-term commitment, mm, right? Right. And so for an introvert, that is great because introverts are usually very selective with their friends. So, you know, you, I have probably four or five really good friends, but I'm not a big fan of groups. So I'm not part of any groups. And that's that's the the thing. When you keep traveling, well, you know, you don't really have this one group that you, you know, with these people that you know, have known since, you know, you went to kindergarten. Sure, and most of, of my friends, that's what they have or or had, right? Where I chose to move away from my hometown and then just kept on moving. And so, yeah, it's very typical for an introvert to, to like traveling. Actually. Right, right. And, and, you know, being in a place where you don't speak much of the language can be really helpful. <laughs> So if you know 15 words, those are the 15 words you're going to use. And the rest of the time you're just observing, right? Or smiling at people or writing in your journal or, you know, so there's plenty of ways to, 
to be in the world. And that's, that's one way. And, you know, for just really quickly before we end, going back to our nurse who's listening, that person, if that person is in a position where they feel uncomfortable and they just can't get comfortable in their own skin in a large organization or a large unit, my advice would be, Maybe it's time to look for a job where you work solo. Maybe you mm. do telephone triage or you're a consultant and you work from home like I do. You know, I can be in my pajamas a lot of the time <laughs> during the day. Right. And, you know, I hop on Skype and put a nice shirt on. But, you know, you can you can find ways to be effective in the world and maybe differently than other people. And I think that's where this gentle business revolution comes in. This is where the introvert biz growth podcast comes in. And if people want to learn more about what you do and the services you offer and your LinkedIn specialization and all those things, they can go to sarasantacroce.com, right? That's right. Yeah, and yeah. that's Sarah is S-A-R-A-H, and Santa Croce is Santa, like Santa Claus, and Croce, C-R-O-C-E. That'll be in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 206. And Sarah, it's so great to have you here. You've been on some of my other podcasts, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day over there in Geneva and being with us and bringing your wisdom here. Thank you so much for having me. Can I can I just add one more thing? Yes, ma'am. For the you nurses may. that are in this job, right? The introverted nurses and and maybe they they can't change right now. It's just not an option that they see possible. So sometimes I think it was Liz Gilbert who who said you know, sometimes we're all after this search for passion, but sometimes the passion is outside of the job and you just really just have a job, right? So, mm -hmm. so it, we can look at it that way as well. And then just find something that you are really passionate about outside of the job. And then since you still spend eight hours per day, in your job, well, what I would do and what, what I was so surprised, <laughs> yeah, or more as a nurse, especially yeah. what, what I was really surprised that Tony, you know, started, I didn't like say you should do this, but he saw me uh, meditating and, and eventually he's like, oh, can you give me some of those uh, meditations on my phone? Mm -hmm. And so that's what he does now at lunch, right? Because when everybody else, you know, gets together and has lunch together and they talk, of course, more business, he's like, okay, I'm gone. He grabs his lunch and he goes up the mountain and just meditates. Good so for him. That's find great. those 20 minutes to, to, you know, yeah, be, be by yourself. I yeah. think it's really important. And, and that nurse who's listening right now is like, yeah, right. I get about five minutes to myself in a 12 hour shift yeah. and I don't even get a lunch break. That is a whole nother conversation that right. I will have on the show many, many more times. But that's a great final takeaway is to find the ways that you can get the time you need to recharge your batteries, right? Maybe it needs to be in the commute then. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but well, don't close you. your eyes. Well, That's right. right. Don't close your eyes. <laughs> don't play a meditation tape while you're driving. No. <laughs> so thank you, Sarah. And um, be careful out there with those meditation tapes, okay? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> thank, thank you, you so Keith. much. There you have it. Thank you for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. Remember that the show notes for this episode are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode 
and the number 206. Remember to check out those show notes and visit Sarah Santa Croce. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Check out her podcast and all the wonderful work she's doing in the world. She's just an amazing human being and a good friend. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode, and I encourage you to take inspired, possibly introspective action every day in the interest of your satisfaction in your career development. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com, and social media and promotion are handled by Mark Cappy Spiesen. Stay positive, care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again as we explore how to take your life and your career to the next level. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith, and I am signing off from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Sara Santa Croce in Switzerland. Geneva, Switzerland. All right, Sarah, thank you. Thank you. And we will be back. See me next time on the other side.